What is up? It's your host, Alicia, and you're here for a good time. And so am I. Could you imagine if I used that line the moment I showed up to a guy's house for like a one night stand? Epic. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Here for a Good Time. We are here for a freaking good time with somebody that I met on TikTok, actually. Her name is Laura. I will let you do your intro, Laura. But before we get into that, just tell the people what you share on TikTok because I feel like that's going to set the tone for what we're going to be touching on during the podcast. Yeah. So I kind of create content for what it's like being single in your 20s because I am very single in my 20s and it is very can be very isolating. And especially when you have all your friends around you who are married or dating someone seriously and whatnot. But I kind of realized a year ago that that doesn't define me and I'm not going to miss out on any more of my life just because I'm single or I don't have someone to go do things with. So I started taking myself on solo dates. I called it single season where it was just about embracing what that means to be single um, in this phase of my life, kind of across all it started as solo dating, but now it's more just turned into like, what does that mean for me personally? What does that look like? And really just embracing it and loving it. Amazing. I feel like we always forget that part about being single is like, what does this mean for me? Because we're so fixated on like what's going on around us. So before we dive into that though, let the people know a little bit about you. Oh my gosh. Pressure's on. Here we go. <laughs> um, so I, my name is Laura. I currently live in Arkansas, um, but crazy path to get here was I was born in Australia. That's where my parents are, or my dad is from. My mom is from Switzerland. Um, when I was younger, we moved to Denver, Colorado. So I spent time growing up in Denver. And then when it came time for school, my sister went to Canada and I was the just subtle rebellious little sister. Nothing ever dramatic, but minimal moments where I would do the opposite of what she did in life. And so because she went to the North, I thought I'm going to the South and moved to Arkansas for school. Um, Got my degree here. And then upon graduation, Northwest Arkansas is beautiful. A lot of people don't know that, but it's also very cheap. And when you're post-grad, you're like, okay, I need a job. I need somewhere to live. And then you realize that bills are expensive and living in the world is expensive. Um, So just got a full-time job here and have been here ever since. Um, I love it. And it's beautiful down here, but I did. I love Denver too. I just spent three months in Denver just for fun last summer because... I work remote, so you really can't beat that because the post-COVID world is unlike anything we expected. So I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity. Um, and then I'm also outside of my full-time job in marketing. I'm a dance teacher and choreographer, which kind of has a huge chunk of my heart. I love the kids that I teach. Um, they'll probably end up listening to this because they I've told them for like weeks now, like y'all, it's been my dream to go on a podcast and I'm going on a podcast and they are my biggest they're my biggest hype squad. Um, so, hey, if y'all are hearing this, um, but they are just the best. I get to spend my evenings and my weekends with them, just loving on them. I'm the baby of the family and I love my older sister, but I always wanted to be the big sister. So it's a great opportunity to kind of be a big sister to so many, so many kiddos. Totally. That is so cute. I also didn't know that about you because there's so many ways that our lives almost run parallel to each other, especially because your sister is out in Vancouver, which is originally where I'm from, actually grew up dancing um, and competitively as well. Had to stop that because I decided to go a different route. But I'm like reading through everything. And also as you're talking, I'm like, oh my goodness, girl, 
Um, but it really shows you how similar we are to people, regardless of like where they live and what experiences they go through in life. And I think that just brings us all closer together. And I mean, you're in digital marketing, so you obviously see it online as well, is the online space. It's so like we have such a privilege being able to access the online space because we are able to meet people on the other side of the world. Um, In this case, you're down in Arkansas and up. I'm up in the PNW and yeah, there's so many more similarities than differences and we get to just, yeah, bond on that. Yes. The degrees of separation are never that big. I always feel like. Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So kind of just diving right into the single season because I remember I saw your video and then I just went down a rabbit hole because I was like, I am entering this season right now and definitely saved your videos and stuff. But trying to figure out what single looked like to me was just so scary. And so like, what did that look like to you in the beginning when you were single um, and your relationship ended? Were you somebody who went immediately into this mindset of like, okay, I have to do this for me and like figure out what I really want? Or did it take time to process? Because I feel like everybody's so different. Definitely. So it wasn't actually one relationship ending that pulled me into my single season. I um, am not great at committed relationships. I just, it's something my friends all give me grief about, um, but that's okay. And I just had kind of gone through more so a moment of like, what am I doing? And this was, yeah. this was in 2021 when I feel like during 2020, we all had all this time on our hands and we we're all sitting at home contemplating all the things. And I, was talking to one of my friends over coffee and I hadn't really been dating anyone seriously, just very casually dating people. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Do I actually see any futures with these people? And I was like, no. And so kind of had to end a couple of those, um, their situationships, I guess would be the best way to put it. I don't really know. We love those. (laughs) Um, and I was over with a friend over coffee and I was looking at her and I was like, I just want to embrace what it means right now to be single because All my friends in Arkansas, I love them so dearly. They're all married or they're in serious relationships. And I've loved that I've gotten to go through that part of life with them. But I felt like there was a little part of life that I was missing out on because I was just kind of very content with where I was at and wanted to push myself out of my comfort zone. And I think my biggest thing as this has grown and changed, we talked about this is being single is not a bad thing. And people people are single by choice and people are single because they want to focus on themselves and because they want to make changes in their life. Or some people are single not by choice because they did just go through a really tough breakup. Mm-hmm. But I'm tired of people coming and one of the first questions when you see them is, are you dating anybody? Hey, how about all the other things I'm doing in my life that don't define me? And my worth as a person is not defined by my ability to find a partner there's so, so, so much more to me. And so this, that's what kind of started this process. And I started small. It was, okay, go out and do things by yourself, go to coffee. And that seems silly to people that are used to doing things alone. But when you're not, and that first time you go and you just sit in a coffee shop by yourself, it can be a little awkward. You're like, are people judging me? Or the first time I went out to dinner, I remember thinking, I think people think I've been stood up. Like I think they're looking because there's not really a restaurant's tables for one. Like nobody's setting up a table with just one chair. You know, they at least have two. And uh, 
I'm like, they're probably looking at this empty chair and thinking that poor girl, she has been stood up on a date. Oh my gosh. I wonder what happened. But the more I got into the process, the more I realized people are way more focused on them and themselves to really give you a second thought. They may look over and if they think I got stood up on a date, you know what? Great. I hope you have a good time telling that story to your friends that you saw some poor girl at a restaurant. I had a great meal and a really good time. Just kind of checking in with myself. And the more consistent I got into single season and doing things for myself, the weeks where I was too busy to take myself out on a solo day or do something just for me, I found myself really missing it. And I would feel off. It had become such a part of my routine that I kind of was like, okay, girl, we got to, we got to schedule in some solo, solo day time. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's just totally relatable too. Cause have you seen that trend on TikTok where it's like da 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 and our friend Steve? And it's like um couples and then just like this one person who's always single and like always in all of their photos. Yes. Yes. Okay. I am definitely the Steve of like our friends. Um, because once again, everybody is married. And I'm like, at first I think I was kind of just uh like I have to be Steve. Um, but then I was like, okay, you know what? This isn't that bad because I still feel so included and so loved in everything that they do. But at the same time, I have to learn how to be alone in order for me to not be like codependent in relationships and need like all these words of affirmation or whatever else all the time, um, to feel wanted and loved in a relationship. So it's so interesting to hear that from somebody else as well, because, yeah, being the Steve doesn't always have to be the bad thing. No, not at all. And exactly. Like I have an incredible group of friends who are just wonderful. And I know that when I find the right person, they're going to be my biggest cheerleaders, but I'm also going to be so much more confident in who I am and how I stand in that relationship. Cause I've been in relationships where I completely lost myself before Mm -hmm. and I was okay with just molding myself to who I thought that person wanted me to be. And then I got out of it and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why I've been so unhappy for this whole relationship because it wasn't me. I don't even know who I am right now. And so this time has been a lot of like, who am I and what do I want? And what are these standards that I want in someone that I also want in myself too? And just finding those and discovering those have been really, really important. And just my own self-worth and my own perception of who I am and the value I hold has just skyrocketed in this time, which is really, it's hard as, you know, growing up, self-confidence, especially being a girl, being a teenage girl is hard. Being a early 20s girl is just difficult. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of just pressure to look, act, be a certain way. And I just really have been able to take a step back and be like, I really like who I am and who I'm becoming. And by doing single season, I've had even more concentrated time to focus on that girl and that woman that I am with the goals I want in life and go wholeheartedly towards them, which has also been kind of another added benefit of doing this. I love that. And we're totally going to dive into who Laura is and what she wants. But I have a question. Do you think that guys or men, I mean, they're two different boys and men, do you think they're ever asked when they're out solo if they got stood up or anything like that? I wonder if they have the same pressures or have you heard of your guy friends being like, oh yeah, like people think the same thing when I go out to eat. I've never heard that. Um, I have seen some comments on some of my content and it's amazing how many men this content has reached and have commented and shared that they're in a similar time of their life too. 
but there's never been this response where it's like, oh yeah, when I go out to eat by myself, like people assume I've been set up more often than not, I think from my own perspective, and this is my own, you know, mindset and it could be wrong. My guess is always, oh, they're on a work trip. They're here on a work trip. They're doing something, you know, they're traveling. And I don't know why my brain goes there for men. And then I'm worried that they're not thinking that for me as a woman. Um, but it's just a different percep- perception, which is the world that we live in, unfortunately. Totally. And you <laughs> you nailed it because I think the same thing, especially if I'm like in a different city. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're probably here for work or something, especially if they're, you know, eating alone. And I guess I never really like tapped into it of being like, you know what, maybe they're just happy being single and like doing their own single season at the same time. Um, But there's such a double standard there as well, I think, because I'm also thinking about just, you know, people being like, oh, but like, are you going to get married? And like, what about kids and all of this stuff that I personally don't know or don't think that the pressure is applied to them as much as it is to females. 100% not. And especially because men don't have this biological clock that they have to consider. It's not something that crosses their mind, you know, but there's so much pressure when it comes to being a woman, when people are like, do you want to have kids? And well, you're running out of time, you know, you're getting older every year that passes. And I haven't ever had those comments directly made to me, but you can feel that pressure. And when people ask you, you know, that question, there is that underlining line tone of, well, you can't do that forever. You're not going to be able to safely have a child if you want to get pregnant when you reach a certain age. Um, And so there is that pressure of just time that sits on our shoulders too, that men don't have to think about. And wouldn't that be nice? Totally. But also we live in 2023 now, so anything is possible and we're going to roll with that. Exactly. (laughs) But also Laura, who are you? Like, what did you discover about yourself during this time and also about what you are looking for in the next relationship? Not saying that you're actively looking at the um, present time, which we'll get into, um, but what are some values that you were like, oh, you know what? I need my next partner to have these certain things in them for me to be or for me to understand also that, OK, I'm in this for the right reasons. Definitely. I think the first thing that I learned about myself, which I think everybody in my life has always known but needed me to arrive on, I'm so fiercely independent. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am not great at asking for help from others. I'm not great at receiving help from others. I'm a yes man kind of person. And I will rearrange my life and turn it on its head to get something done for somebody if I've agreed to do it. And that is great. And I think it's a very positive attribute at times because I want to feel as though my friends can come to me and ask for help and that I'm going to be there. But I've put myself through stress and anxiety and just absolute nightmare situations trying to make something happen. And at the same time, too, by being so independent, I also have isolated myself. And I've learned during these past few years what the power in saying yes to help can do. I'm not perfect at it by all means. I actually literally just two weeks ago reached out to a friend for help. And she's like, I'm so glad you said yes to me helping you for once. Like I've been offering it. You keep telling me no. I know you're stressed. Come on. And I did. And another friend was in the room when we were talking. She's like, wow, that is so, that is so unlike, look at you go. Look at you asking for help. (laughs) And I just think, when you have been single and you are choosing to embrace it, there's this idea that independence is that big quality. You need to work on your independence. You need to be independent. Yes. 
but I've also learned that I've taken independence too far, um, mm. which has been a product of my life because I live across the world from my parents. My parents live in Australia. My sister lives in Canada. I'm the only one in my family in the United States. During a global pandemic, when you can't go see anybody, you have no choice but to be strong. Mm -hmm. And so I think COVID pushed me even further into that realm of independence. And so now I'm trying to just kind of relearn a little bit of dependence on someone. And I've always kind of realized that, not always, wow, not at all. I've recently realized that the right person is going to be someone that I feel safe relying on. Because even in my previous relationships, I haven't felt that way. I've still felt that it is me on an island and they're over there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, you know, when I'm ready to share that island and I'm ready to lean on them and they're a safe place for me to land, that's something that's really important for me. Um, That's definitely an attribute that I've learned that I need in somebody because I am busy. I never slow down. I also never say no. And I think having someone to help me balance that out because yes, I'm learning to not be so, so, so independent. But once it's kind of one of those qualities that doesn't always go away, that there's going to have to be, he's going to have to go, whoa, you need to say no to this right now in this moment. And that is okay too. Or even help me shoulder that responsibility or that task or whatever I've agreed to um, is going to help kind of balance me. I've also learned though in the same breath here I am I'm like I want someone who you know provides and gives me this place to land they can't be too reliant on me because I am so busy because I thrive in change I love mixing it up and the adventure of life and every day looking different and continuing to just change my surroundings I mean like I said I went to Denver last year for three months just um, I needed a change. I needed a break. And I that felt a little bit like home, but it was home in a different way now that I was an adult. Um, and so he needs to just, he needs to be able to stand on his own when we need to stand on our own. And that's a tricky attribute too, because there are some people who really need constant and consistent love. And I've learned that's something I'm not great at giving and not, and it starts to make me feel overwhelmed and smothered and kind of back out of the relationship when I feel that way. I also have learned that I'm a words of affirmation person to my core. I think I've always known that my le- my whole life, but these last few years have really just driven that. Mm-hmm. And that has now become something really important to me is that I show my affection through words of affirmation as well, mm-hmm. but also that I am with someone who I can receive it from, but trust that they're being honest in those words, which is so hard. Totally. So much came up as you were talking, especially about being like hyper independent and just almost isolating yourself with that because you become so self-reliant and then you get into a relationship. And I remember just that gap between, I think it was like three and a half years or so from my other relationship to this last one that I was in that I did become so hyper independent that I almost didn't know how to act in a relationship and how to act when somebody else was involved with it. Um, but it's also really interesting to find a balance between two people and knowing that, um, while you might be, you know, a giver as somebody who is super independent, you also have to be okay with taking at the same time or else your cup is just going to be so empty and you're just going to be so overwhelmed, kind of like how you were talking about, okay, well, what am I doing now? What am I doing in this situation? And why am I not getting anything back? Whether that is words of affirmation or whatever your love language is, it's just going to be so depleted. 
Definitely, for sure. Oh my gosh. Okay, so now going into dating. Are you dating currently? I'm not currently dating. Um, I was last year and at the beginning of this year. Um, I've decided just to take a step back because I realized it's crazy how quickly after you've been so strong and independent and fierce by yourself when you start dating, you lose sight of what you want. Mm. And I realized that I was letting my own personal goals kind of take the backseat to, again, not even relationships, not even situationships, but even in that moment, you just kind of lose, I lost sight of my goals. And I thought 2022 was about me learning how to take on this world by myself, about going out in public by myself, dinner, restaurants, all kinds of dates and not feeling strange and not missing out on any opportunity that came my way. Um, sporting events, one of my favorite solo dates, by the way, love those. And I used to always say no, cause I was like, you gotta go to a sporting event with a friend. And that was what 2022 was in 2023. I kind of set the intention in January that this is going to be beyond that. What, what are my life goals? What do I want in a year? What do I want in five years? What do I want in 10 years? And that's something I used to really shy away from and really struggle with. I don't like the idea of setting these super long-term goals mm-hmm. never have, but there's so much value in kind of setting that that intention. And even as I was just very casually kind of dating and dipping a toe into that world, I felt those goals just become so unimportant all of a sudden. And I was like, mm, this is not what we're doing. We are truly taking this time being so, so, so selfish and going wholeheartedly for what I want. And I don't think there's, you know, selfish has this negative connotation behind it. I don't think there's anything wrong with being selfish. And that's something else I've wanted people to take away from the content that I share is it is okay to be selfish. It is okay to say no to something that doesn't serve you, which is very ironic because I just told you I'm a huge people pleaser, but I can tell other people that that's the way it's supposed to be. And in this process, I'm learning that. I'm learning the value of just being a little selfish sometimes. Totally. I couldn't agree with you any more than I already do because I am definitely in that phase as well of just learning what it looks like to be selfish and selfish and greedy are two different things. So just want to clear that part up. Um, But looking selfish looks like saying no to certain things that, like you said, don't align or, you know, just don't feel right in the moment that you're in. Um, When it comes to... I guess your goals and everything, I do understand almost like cheating yourself out of being able to attain those things because your focus has shifted so much. Do you think there's a part of you that is kind of nervous about what that might look like in the next little bit if you do start dating again and wondering if there is going to be a time where you start to question and say, oh my gosh, like, is am I doing enough for this relationship and showing up as enough because I'm so focused on my goals? 1000%. I think it's so easy to lose sight of a lot of the time I'm sitting here, I'm talking about how it is hard to be single. Let's just, it is, it's hard. It's lonely. There are nights where it's really frustrating and I have an incredible circle of friends and family around me. But even when you just want to vent about a bad day, I'm like, I don't really want to borrow, bother a friend about a bad day. You Mm -hmm. know, But in that same vein, relationships are hard. Creating a life around another person is so, so, so difficult. And while I have this set of standards and values that I want in my next partner, he should as well. And I hope so. And learning to communicate through those and trust 
and work hard when your goals may not always be the exact same thing. There needs to be obviously some alignment in order for a relationship to be successful, but we don't need to want the same things at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. It's usually, we can have different career paths. We can have different hobbies. We can have different ways we like to spend our free time. As long as there's enough similarities that keep us aligned as humans, but that's not easy either. And I'm not taking any of that away. Um, when, you know, some of my content will get posted and people will comment and be like, well, being married is hard too. I'm like, totally, completely understand that. And I give y'all all the credit in the world. Like I look at my parents, they've been married 30 something years and they've put in the work to make that happen. It's not like they're just like, cool. I love you forever. You love me forever. Let's move into one house and like, see how it works. Like there's a lot of effort that goes into that. And, um, I'm not discrediting that by any means. And so I think that's just kind of obviously a concern of mine when I do get into relationship is how am I going to handle it now that I've done so much work on myself, but also learning to trust and open up and like, let that person be fully in my life. Totally. And I think there's like something to be said about work that you do on your own, but knowing that you don't have to be done all the work. Cause I personally don't think work on yourself as a human being is ever done. Um, regardless of how big or how small it is, there's always something, you know, that we can look at and be like, oh, okay. But also understanding that like, you don't have to be this like perfect human being in order to start dating again either. Um, which I think a lot of people go into, you know, being single as, and they kind of start questioning like, oh, well now I need to do this. And I need to do like almost a checklist of things that they have to do in order for them to feel like they're okay to be dateable again almost Um, because I think there's also so much info out there as well of being like you have to heal and you have to do all of this and yes healing is everything Um, but like healing looks so different in so many aspects so I don't know if you've come across that um, yourself but like wondering like okay yeah I've healed from like my past relationship but I'm also like doing other stuff now that I'm like, okay, this is what I have to work on. And it doesn't always have to be just for a relationship. Totally. When I think too, when you go through a breakup, there's a common piece of feedback and I feel very passionately about getting rid of this that people give you and they say, okay, well now you get to really focus on loving yourself. And that takes me back a little bit because I'm like, what makes you think I don't love myself? And where's this agreed upon standard you know, maximum amount of love you must reach for yourself before Mm. you can just be in another relationship again. I understand the sentiment. And I know, especially when you go through a breakup, a friend in a relationship is struggling to find the right words. They want to be there for you, which I totally appreciate. But saying, hey, now it's time to really focus on you and really learn to love yourself. Miss girl, I do. And I did even in that relationship. I know what you're getting at, but it's not making me feel any better. It actually makes me feel worse because now I'm like, do y'all think I don't love myself? And sometimes the best way to know if we've healed is to try. Mm. And I think it's not me being like, okay, well, the next day after a breakup, like get back out there. No, take the time that you need. And everybody's time frame looks so, so, so different. But at the same time, sometimes testing healing is just learning to ride that bike again and going out there and seeing how it feels. And if it fails, it fails, but at least you loved in the process. And, you know, I always tell my dancers, you without the like lows in life, the highs don't feel good. You gotta have the breakups, the heartbreak, all of that 
crap in order to feel really good because you won't appreciate the great relationship and who those people are, even if it's just a friendship. You won't just truly appreciate a good friend until you've had a crappy friend. You won't appreciate a good relationship until you've had a crappy relationship. And the good is better because the bad exists. And sometimes healing just means going out there and giving it a shot. And the best case scenario is you find your forever person. The worst case scenario I always tell myself is I get a good story out of it. I get to eat more chocolate. I may even strengthen a friendship through it because a lot of the breakups, like I'm a very wildly private person about my dating life with my friends. I have no idea why. It is just how I am. You can ask any of them getting any information about dating out of me is really, really tricky, but I will lean when a breakup happens and more often than not, it allows this deeper friendship to occur out of this because they've been able to be there and kind of catch me when I fall. And I'm not just trying to pick up the pieces and catch myself, which is kind of my normal gut instinct. Girl, that was a mic drop moment. I'm just going to give it you that much whole thing I was like you know what this is this is a moment where I drop my mic um <laughs> I, need, I need my own mic now I should <laughs> it was good um next recording we'll have to record again like in a few months to see where you're at <laughs> follow up um but totally true about friends and I think just in regards to friends as well I had a moment this morning actually so I'm so glad you brought this up that I really realized how important it is to have a core peop- or core group of friends who just understand, regardless of whether they say anything, they say the right thing or whatever it is, just knowing that there is a safe space for you and like you are holding a safe space for people around you as well is so powerful. And I want to say there's nothing like women's friendships like there's some sort of weird sisterhood there like it's so unreal I would 100% agree are you do you have any siblings I do I have a younger sister who is eight years younger than me and while we didn't like I really don't remember the beginning of her life because I was still pretty young um we're so close now see my sister and I are as well and I think she's always been the example of what it means to be a good friend. Not that we got along great in high school because we straight up did not. She had to leave and go to college. And then we started getting along really well. And now she is one of my absolute best friends. And she has an insane level of emotional intelligence that I respect the heck out of. Um, she's also been in a relationship for 11 years. Mm-hmm. She's about to get married this summer, which we're so excited about. But she has always been a really good example of what it means to be a good friend because women supporting women is real. And like you said, there's something very special about those people that just get you the way you are. There's no facade. There's no nothing. I, this is super technically unrelated to the singleness, but another thing I live by is I call them target friends and your target friend explain. You're like, why? Yeah. I'm like, please dive in. <laughs> but when you have like a, it starts with someone that you don't know very well, you're kind of in the coffee friend stage. Like you literally may catch up over coffee every so often and just kind of chat, you know, you're, you're meeting somewhere. And then I think as that friendship progresses, you become dinner friends. So like you go, you go to dinner, but your type of friendship as it's newer, or you just don't know each other that well, you have to go do some sort of activity. Like there needs to be something going on and that's how you bond. And then you got your target friends. And I've always, I've 
this came from one of my best friends in high school. Her and I, when we would hang out, we would go over to each other's houses. We'd watch TLC. We wouldn't talk. Sometimes we'd go to Target and her and I could waste hours in Target, not really going to shop for anything, but just talking about random life things. And that's how we caught up, but we'd always end up at someone's house just doing nothing. And so that's when I started to call my really close friends, my target friends, because I will call them up to walk around target with me, not to go look for something, not to go tell me that the dresses I'm trying on are cute or look at the bathing suits with me when they come out in like February, but just to go walk around target and then sit at home and just exist around one another. And the target friends are hard to find Mm -hmm. and you have to put a lot of investment in that relationship, especially as an adult, nobody, when you're in high school and you have unlimited access to unlimited friends, no one talks about how hard these adult friendships are and maintaining them, but the ones that work, they just work, you know? And so I call those people, my target friends, because we're just going to, we're going to just walk around target together. Oh my gosh, I love this. I'm totally going to start using that. Also, you were like, we might not be going to Target for anything. And I'm like, Target will tell you what you need from there, okay? You might not be going there. 1,000%. I just redid my office uh, two weeks ago because I went to Target with no purpose. <laughs> and I saw this and stick wallpaper. And I've been avoiding it because I'm like, I need someone else to help me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Laura, come on. Your whole thing has been about doing things by yourself. Buy the stupid wallpaper. It was hell. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not sure I would do it again. The office looks incredible, but I was like so fiercely determined to do it by myself. It was a nightmare. I'm looking at it. It's right behind my computer. Some of it doesn't match up, but Target told me that I needed to redo my office and figure it out. And I tried my best. (laughs) And here you are. (laughs) The wallpaper. It's really cute. The wallpaper is gorgeous, but like there ain't no way I would do unless it was a very clear pattern. It's random dots. Like it's little with white with little black dots on it. Super cute. But don't like very well. And if it was a rip pattern that you could just like cut it, pill and stick, life is good. Mm. Maybe it would be easier, but yeah, it was a whole. And I, I recorded the whole process because I was like, I'm going to share this eventually. So that video will probably eventually make it out into the world, but yeah. And <laughs> it, Mm-hmm. But Target told me they were like, "You're redoing your office today, sister. You didn't know that when you woke up today." But let's go. So good. We need wallpaper friends. We need people who will come over and help us put wallpaper up. Truly, especially pill and stick because it's a nightmare. <laughs> Everyone on TikTok makes it look so flipping easy. All these <laughs> DIYers, though, like y'all are lying. Y'all are editing your videos and y'all are lying to the rest of the world because it is so hard. I also spray painted a chest of drawers. <laughs> I was cleaning spray paint out of my ears for days. Nobody told me that. Like, what am I doing wrong? Why does it look so easy? I'm like, TikTok is a lie. Right? Oh my gosh. I know. I'm like, you know what? A house? I can totally flip that. I can create a whole kitchen. And then I'm like, absolutely not. I had to paint like my office. I think I did one wall and gave up. And I was like, no, somebody else is coming in and doing this because this is not the vibe. I thought painting was easy. Me too. It's not. TikTok, you were lying to us. Right? I know. I know. I'm also not a DIYer, like, at all. I told my friends, especially when it comes to, like, weddings and stuff, I'm like, listen, if you want to DIY, totally on you. But if I'm in charge of anybody's bachelorettes or anything else, I'm freaking buying everything because I'm not somebody who's going to sit there and do all these, like, tedious crafts. It's just – I feel like I just don't have the patience for it. (laughs) 
there's the people that can DIY anything. I have such respect for it because I'm like, you can always change up your vibe. And I love that. I'm a girl that loves change, but like, I'm, I'm never, ever going to pill and stick wallpaper a wall ever again. So, <laughs> so good. So we have friends. Um, I know we were chatting about, you know, thinking that we're bugging friends um, when we ask them to like go hang out and stuff like that. Cause I, girl, I feel the same way, especially when I'm like, oh, I really want to go to this. And then I'm like, should I ask this friend? But do I also ask her like if her boyfriend or her husband wants to come along? Like, what are we doing here? Um, have you felt that or how have your friends kind of approached it as well? Cause I feel like nobody ever wants to be like, no, like, don't worry about it. Like ask away. But then <laughs> there's always something in the back of your mind where you're like, you know what, maybe they just want to do something with like their partner today. A hundred percent. And I think it's really easy to just qualify our invites to <laughs> where you're like, Hey, do you want to go to this? It could be kind of cool, but like no big deal if you're busy or anything. And I've just kind of learned to express if it's something I really want to go do, nothing is going to stop me from going to do it. Mm. If it's something I want to go do with a friend, I'm going to invite them. But I also realize that they can tell me no. If they're coming, great. Love it. I want to spend that time with them. But if they're out, I'm still going to go do it. And had you asked me that a year ago, I would have been like, I invite them. And if they tell me no, like I'm hanging out at home on a Saturday night. But now there's very, very few things where I'm like, okay, is it really that big of a deal if I go do this by myself? Um, it's hard though, because like I was saying, relationships are work too. So you don't ever want to feel like you're encroaching on people's time too much mm -hmm. because they have to put work in their relationships as well. And sometimes I forget that because I can make plans at the spur of a moment because I'm making plans with myself. Mm -hmm. And I will text a friend or call a friend. I'm like, hey, you want to do this? And they're like, hey, I need to go check what blah, blah, blah is doing. I'm like, oh yeah, they do exist, right? Or they're like, hey, I haven't seen them all week. And like, we just haven't had any time together. And that's hard as well too, because you can't maintain a relationship, a healthy relationship with someone when you don't ever see them. And as much as in that moment, I want to see them, their partner needs to see them as well. But I've also really learned the value in saying, I need someone right now. I, I need to come over. I need to see you. I need to vent. Can we FaceTime? Can we go get coffee? Can we go get drinks? Um, because previously I think even when I needed someone, I would expect them to somehow read my mind. Even if it was just like, hey, want to go get drinks? And they're like, no, I'm busy. I'm like, okay, no big deal. And then I'm sitting on my couch and I'm like, I really needed someone to lean on in that moment. Why did I not stand up for myself and say, hey, I really need someone to talk to. Can that person be you? I, you can't hold any expectations that that absolutely can be them in that moment because everybody has things going on in their lives. But I'd say I'm 100% of the time my friends have everything if I've said, need you but that's only started happening once I've communicated I need x y and z like otherwise they can't read my my mind and I can't expect them to do that and I think that's also something that I've learned through this that I will carry into my relationships as well where my next boyfriend is not going to be a mind reader and I can't expect him to be and if I say hey that really hurt or hey I'm over or hey I need a little more support there's nothing wrong with that. There's no weakness in advocating for what you need as a person, because I would hope he would do the same to me. And um, I've even learned to do that in my friendships and my relationships with family. And that's so unlike the person I was 
Um, I'm just going to imagine my sister will most likely listen to this. So she's probably like sitting at home, like nodding her head because that's so unlike who I was, but I've learned how to just calmly approach the situation and say, Hey, that really hurt my feelings. And I want to kind of talk about it. I'm not mad, but like, I'm going to go home and overthink this. And just being your own advocate about how you feel and what you need is totally okay to do. If they still say no, Hey, they can't be there emotionally for me or physically right now. That's okay. But at least I've like put out the feelers for that. Totally. Speaking of going out and doing things on your own, what is your top three favorite dates that you've taken yourself out on? Oh my gosh. Well, I said earlier, sporting events. I love sporting events. I think they're really great for someone who maybe doesn't know how to go do things by themselves because there's something going on. There's something taking your focus. There's the, the, the game is happening. I've done baseball games. I've done football games. I love all of them. Um, I meant to do a basketball game at the university, but basketball season just kind of flew quickly and it's over. Um, baseball games is done because like baseball food is great. And there's a game happening. Everyone's kind of rooting for one team. Typically, if you're in, you know, kind of where the home team is. And you make weird friendships with just random strangers when it comes to sports. There's something that's so, so uniting about sports that everybody just seems like you are best friends, right? Like, you're a fan of this team. I'm a fan of this team. Like we're rolling. Um, we were down at the beach a couple weeks ago and uh, the NCAA basketball tournament was going on. And this random family came up to us. They're like, no way. We're from Arkansas too. Oh my gosh. Like, how's it going? Were you so excited about the game? And we're chatting to them like we've been friends for years because we all were just race rack fans. And so I think that's the first one to start the sporting event. If that's now sports, aren't everybody's make yourself go sit through a sporting event. If you don't like sports, because boring, like that's not going to be fun, but I love sports. I love the whole environment of it all. And it's something that doesn't intimidate me to go do solo. Mm -hmm. I also love, I did a couple solo nights in Disney. Now to be completely fair, I was down there with two friends. Um, I was down there with a married couple friend of mine, actually, so we spent a lot of the days together, but they went home one night and we had extended hours. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to keep enjoying, you know, the magic of the Disney parks. And so I went out by myself while they were home and had so much fun. And there's something actually going on. Go rides. A lot of the Disney rides have single rider lines. So you actually get to go on way more rides than anybody else is going on. And sometimes you get, you know, the whole little cart by, you know, by yourself and you just kind of get to enjoy that and I found it super peaceful and there was never one moment where I was like people are looking mm. at me like, oh my god why is she alone right now nobody was doing that because people are walking to meet their families they're trying to find food they're in the line for the bathroom like they're alone by themselves in a theme park all the time and so that again doesn't create any weirdness or hyper awareness that you're doing this by yourself um and then thirdly I love a good happy hour I think there's something super simple and being like I have an hour I'm going to go take myself out for a drink. This one took a little more practice just because when alcohol is involved, you have to then consider your safety, especially as a woman. I had to kind of take a step back and make sure I'm still making smart choices for myself when I go to do this. Um, and I wish it didn't have to be like that, but you have to just continue to consider. I can't just get up and go to the bathroom and leave my drink right. with a friend because there's not a friend next to me. And could I ask this stranger next to me because he looks nice? 
Totally. But do I completely know him? No. And so you just kind of have to readjust your expectations for your surroundings and know that it looks a little different, a little bit more on high alert. And just I have to be a little more conscious of my surroundings. That doesn't make it not worth it to me. I think it's super fun. I love fun, cutie little cocktails. I love cutie little bars. I love marrying the two together. And typically I just go for a singular drink. And then I'm content and then I take myself home and life is good, but it definitely puts to the forefront of my brain, my safety and where I'm at. And I used to be pretty oblivious when I go out in groups, you just kind of, kind of live. And then when you do it alone, you're like, okay, gotta be, gotta be more aware of what's happening. Totally. Oh my gosh. I can't stress that enough. Um, ladies, just make sure you are super safe at all times when you're doing anything alone. Um, and drinks hello what is your favorite drink what is your go-to oh gosh that it depends on the time of year I'm a big Moscow mule girl um but I mean they're placed with the right margarita and a little bit of sunshine like sign me up sold I will live here forever um and that can just you know a good patio you just can't be beat I also love like the signature cocktail at these bars. Like if they have something they do really well, I love it. I have the world's weirdest allergies. I have so many allergies. It's ridiculous. And gin is one of them. No. And so I actually that I can't drink gin. It's so stinky. Um, often I feel like the bartenders are willing to work with mm-hmm. me too. And I've actually been a lot of places where I will ask for, just something fun from the bar. And I'm like, it can't have gin and it can't have any fruit in it. Similar to a lot of fruits too. I said, but like, can the bartender create something? And nine times out of 10, it is amazing. Like there's one or two where I'm like, that was like a super questionable choice, but all the other times it's great. And then I'll like tell my friends about them. They're like, what drink did you get? I'm like, I have no idea the bartender <laughs> together. Like I don't have a name for you. So that's really annoying. Okay. Also, a lot of people are, there's more people than what you think that are allergic to gin. It's a very common one. Wow. I have not met anybody allergic to gin. Yeah. I have quite a few friends who are allergic to gin. We can like unite. (laughs) There's people out there for everybody. There's a group for everyone. (laughs) Here it absolutely is. And so many of the gin drinks sound so good. And that's the worst part. And occasionally I will like be like, hey, let's just swap it out with some vodka. But I know it's not the same. So it's fine. (laughs) Um, And then also somebody going into single season, what would be your key piece of advice to them? If you could leave them with one thing from all of this, what would it be? Be ready for what feels like a failure. You're going to have solo dates where you go out and you're going to want to turn around and go home. And you know what? Turn around and go home. I've done it. I've done it many times. I come up with a plan. I pull into the parking lot and it's so busy that I'm like, nope, see ya. I'm out. And even today, as someone that I feel very comfortable in doing these things by my, there's nothing wrong with assessing how you feel in the moment and piecing out. That's okay. Be ready for those feelings. Um, because it takes time to embrace the awkward. You're going to feel strange at first, but as you learn, and as you kind of get to observe the world, you'll see that people are so focused on themselves. Like 
think about how much time you spend thinking about other people. It's not that much time. And then everybody else is kind of on the same boat. So just like go embrace it, but there will be awkward. There will be failures. There will be days where it sucks. There will be days where you cry for no reason. And you're like, I just want someone to pick up the pieces. And you kind of realize that right now that person is you that stinks. And so just kind of embrace that. And then secondly, share your location with trusted people. I have a couple of friends who have my location and I will let them know I'm going to go do something that I think is worthwhile that they know where I'm at. The other night I walked down the street to go get some ice cream by myself. It was nighttime. I live in a very safe, very walkable area. I mean, the walk is maybe four minutes, but I'm like, I listen to enough true crime podcasts that I know four minutes is plenty of time. And I am not very tall. And I have a joke amongst my friends that I'm super kidnappable because I'm five feet. Like there's not a lot of me there and I'm scrappy and I'm fierce and I'm going to fight. But like, if you're, you know, a man, that's, we joke that I'm super kidnappable. So, you know, (laughs) but share your location, tell them where you're going. And honestly, I think too, in that process, don't be afraid to tell your friends what you're doing. This whole thing started because I was talking to a friend about it and she really was hyping me up and was like, I absolutely think you need to do this. I think you need to share it. I think you need to realize that, you know, people want to hear this and people want to be a part of it. And you know, once this kind of my content started taking off and there's a community of 40,000 people now who feel the same, who relate to me, there's DMs that come in of people who are like, oh my gosh, I saw your content. I just, you know, was broken up with, this gives me hope that it's going to be okay. Or, you know, there's just so many people that reach out, but like your friends are wanting to be your biggest cheerleader too. Let them, you know, and then also let them, you know, be your safety net too. I always give them a time if I, I don't think I'm home by this point. Like, you should be suspicious, <laughs> you know? So do that as well. Share your location. I love it. And such tangible advice as well. I think one thing I took away from you from our first conversation that we had, um, just getting to know each other was I walked away from our conversation, learning the difference between being alone and being lonely, which is so huge. And I think people get the two mixed up so like so often because they sound very, very similar, but two very separate things. Yeah. And so did you have a point where you were like, okay, am I lonely right now or am I just alone? Almost once a week, basically, okay. because life is hard. Being an adult is hard. Um, there's strength in being alone. There's power in being alone. There's beauty in it. There's so much that you can do for yourself when you choose to embrace that moment. And for some people being alone is a Mm -hmm. choice too. Um, I think there's, especially when you're in your twenties and thirties, everyone just assumes that like everybody is single because they just haven't been able to find the right person or make it work or they're out there and they're dating and it's just not going well, or they're just vibing. Like that's okay too. And loneliness is temporary. And sometimes it's a bad night. Sometimes it's a bad week. Sometimes it's one of those days where you're like, I can't hold it together anymore. I want to break and I am so lonely and there is nobody there who can help me just pull this together. And you got to have those nights. And you know what? You cry, you scream, you journal, you process, you do whatever it makes you feel better in that moment to improve your current mental state. Like it is okay to cry and be pissed off about not having a person. That is okay. I still feel that way. I try to share that too, because being single isn't always just like happy, sunshiny roses. There's days I get angry. There's days I get sad. There's days I go, 
when is it my turn? Like, why do I have all these people who've met these amazing people and I'm out here dating the dum-dums left? Like, what's going on? Sorry, that was really not kind, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, it makes for a great story. So I'm like, you know, I get to be mad. I get to feel all the things too. And I'm still entitled to those feelings. And I remember that they're temporary, often a good night's sleep or a solo date can kind of pull me out of this frame of mind where I'm like, this is so frustrating and stupid and what's wrong with me. And that was kind of my biggest question when I first started this, I'd go, what's wrong with me? Absolutely nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with me. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with anybody who's listening or who just got out of a relationship that does not define your worth at all. And there, you shouldn't be sitting there. I know it's easy and it's normal and I still do it. I still go, what the heck is wrong with me? But then I have people around me who help me realize all the qualities in my life or in me that I love and that they value, I value as well. And I just know that when I find the right person, because of all the silliness that I've had to go through, I know he's just going to be the best and all my friends are going to be there to cheer me on. And I think it's going to be really exciting to watch that right relationship take shape because I've spent all this time with myself and honoring myself and trusting myself and learning what I want and what I deserve and fighting for that too. Mm, I don't doubt that for a second, Laura. I cannot wait because it is going to be an amazing, safe, healthy, fun love um, that is coming your way. And that being said, leaving on a good note, because I know you love a good celebration as well. I do too. What is something you are celebrating right now? Because it's so easy to get caught up of like, what's next? And like, what am I working towards and stuff? What is something you are celebrating right now about yourself? Oh my gosh, that is a good question. I need to think about it for a second. Cause like, there's a lot. Um, right now, I think I'm like, what is the big thing? What is the little thing? Which one do I want to share? Both of them. Girl, we are here for a good okay. time. <laughs> Give us both. Little celebration. Um, you know, this week I was so productive at work and I think that deserves mm. celebration because I was so sick, but I was able to push through it and get a ton done. And sometimes that is so hard to do, you know, when you don't feel good and you don't have that motivation. Um, that is. And as far as a big thing, I have officially edited to the most perfect amount, if you ask me, my maid of honor speech for my sister's wedding. And I want to tell it to everybody. And I obviously can't because her wedding isn't until July. Um, I have been working on this speech in my head informally since basically I was born. But like, actually, officially, they have been engaged for just over a year now. So I've been working on it literally since the day they got engaged and I have edited it and I practice it. I have all these voice recordings on my phone of me giving it and it's officially as of this week done. And it's, I'm not going to like pretty freaking Oh my good. gosh. I bet. I feel like you are just so well-spoken and just such a blast that I can only imagine how amazing it is. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I, as like the little sister, this is my opportunity to like <laughs> you know, kind of get a couple like cute, fun jabs in at her. But she's also my sister is, like I said, highly emotionally intelligent, way better than I will ever be. Um, and so I'm, I'm tapping into that as well. I know I'm going to cry, which I don't like to cry. I hardly ever cry, which 
my sister and my mom are like criers and I should be. I admire that. I think it's beautiful because people who are criers, I think are way more emotionally stable than people who are like crying is the worst. And that's like me and my dad, we like don't do well with that. (laughs) And so I I know I'm going to cry, but I think it's the perfect, like there's some funny in there that'll hopefully like make me laugh too. So I'm not just a hot mess express, but I'm really balanced girl. It's balance. What it's called exactly. <laughs> well, as much as I would love to just hoard you as my friend only, um, where can people find you? Because I know everybody's gonna want to be your friend after this and slide into the DMs and learn more about you because you're amazing. Oh my goodness! Well, thank you. Um, most of my solo content just really kind of lives on TikTok right now. I know I need to change that because every day it's like TikTks going. <laughs> Um, and now I'm like, I gotta remember my username. I think it's Laura underscore EM underscore. I think on TikTok, I should, we'll drop it in the episode as well, along with on social too. So do not worry about that. You need to get on YouTube. I, I need to, I know I just don't have the time and I got to figure it all out. And so I'm like, I need someone who just to tell me what to do. I got on TikTok because during COVID I had all this time to like explore it and at least, you know, figure it out. And I had like one video go semi-viral in COVID and I was like hooked. I'm like, this is it. But that account just kind of existed and just lived until I really kind of started sharing more through single season. Um, But yeah, so TikTok's where most of it is. I probably should eventually get my butt on YouTube. Um, I also, my TikTok is now linked to an Instagram that will be more single season and single content focused. It has not been previously it was my personal Instagram, but now that I'm realizing that TikTok is going away or could be going right. away, I'm trying to like, you know, do all the things you're supposed to do. So totally. Well, it. we will tag both below in the episode and this was such a blast. I would love to have you back um, in a few months in another season of the podcast to see what single season or whatever season you are in looks like for you. I would love that. That would be so much fun. This has been amazing. I, it literally has always been my dream to be on a podcast. So like my dream has come true. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, here's to many more. 